Good evening. The sound sounds the sound sounds okay. dedication tonight we we uh, offered thanks to our some of our Zen ancestors going back into antiquity and uh, one of those uh, very prominent ancestors for us in Soto Zen is uh, Ehe Dogen our our first Zen ancestor in Japan uh, so tonight I'm going to uh, talk I want to talk about <clears throat> one of his uh, most well-known uh, sayings, or um, one of something that is uh, probably the most quoted line, uh, quoted lines that uh, Dogen uh, enjoys in the modern age, and those uh, lines are. Uh, to study uh, the Buddha way, or to study Buddhism, uh, is to study the self. Uh, to study the self is to forget the self. Uh, to forget the self is to be verified by myriad things, or using a technical term, myriad dharmas. I'm sure uh, some of you here know these these lines uh, by heart, but I think there's maybe some people who haven't heard these lines before. I think either way, it is it is uh, it is kind of amazing still to think um, that uh, at the beginning of the 13th century, uh, someone would have such a thought that uh, uh, to study um, any religious tradition or none would be to study the self. I think that is, I think in any religious tradition that goes back, that would have been a pretty, um, a pretty radical statement. Um, but I'm open to disagreement on that, but I, I think so, since, since uh, many traditions uh, uh, looked at that time, looked outside of the self, and they look to some, <clears throat> uh, you know, perfect being as, uh, you know, something that uh, was to be honored and revered, but that, uh, you know, we didn't quite um, study in the same way that uh, we might uh, study the self. So. Um, 
the key word, I think, in the opening line is um, to study um, and to arouse uh, a mind um, that studies the way is the same as arousing a mind to study the self. And this is a mind that's uh, willing to study uh, the self uh, just as it is, uh, just as we find it, uh, not uh, comparing it to some perfect uh, being or some perfect um, emanation of some, some ideal, but actually uh, I believe Dogen's meaning is we are to study uh, the self uh, just as we find it, just as we find it with all of its uh, imperfections, with all of its um, non-ideal characteristics. And I, I believe this is the self that um, that Dogen is urging us to study, and he and the implication is that um, this will be this will be a fruitful that this will be, this will be a fruitful study, uh, even to study uh, what is what may may we regard as uh, uh, most temporary. <laughs> Uh, and most imperfect, uh, that ne nevertheless to do this, to study in that way, uh, would be the most fruitful thing that we could uh, do. Uh, Shohaku Okamura, um, who is one of the great interpreters t today in our world, uh, Great translators of Dogen, and and uh, and uh, uh, yeah, interpreter of, of Dogen, uh, in his wonderful book called uh, "Realizing Genjo Koan." Oh, and I I neglected to mention the lines that that I quoted are from that text called "Genjo Koan," uh, which means uh, actualizing the fundamental point, or uh, I made up my own translation. Uh, this is more of a loose translation. Getting to the heart of the matter right now. Getting to the heart of the matter right now. So that's the that's the text um, uh, from which those lines that I quoted are taken. And um, Shohaku Okamura wrote a whole book about this text called. Uh, the title of that book is uh, Realizing Ginjo Cohen, and it's a wonderful book, I think almost essential, I would say, for any Zen student. So if you haven't read that book, please consider that book. It's, it's extremely wonderful. Um, and uh, the reason I bring it up was, well, to praise Shohaku Okamura, for one thing, uh, but also... Um, uh, because in that book he tells us that um, the uh, word for um, uh, to study uh, in Japanese is uh, nareru, nareru, 
And it means uh, to get accustomed to, uh, to be familiar with, to be intimate with. And that's not the word for study, but that's the root of the word for study. Um, so our study that we're doing involves getting ever closer and more familiar with what we are experiencing in both Zazen and daily life. Uh, and um, it's what we, uh, this, this study is a, what we call a body-mind study of the way. So this is study we do uh, with our body, uh, and it's a way that we get accustomed to and familiar with and uh, to be intimate with the body, to be very close to ourselves physically. So this is in Zazen, right? We, we have this upright posture uh, where we really, you know, lengthen the spine and we sit with uh, strong intention. You know, we have a strong intention in our sitting and we, uh, you know, we put our hands in this special, well, or non-special, we put, put our hands in this hand posture or mudra and we sit upright we're very tall through the back of the body. And then we, this, this, after many different iterations, this has become, this kind of posture has become um, the most um, uh, accurate uh, posture uh, we can take to study the self in terms of incorporality. Um, so that's why we, you know, we teach this posture and we recommend this posture, and uh, we adopt this posture as our way of studying ourselves uh, in in the um, uh, well. You know, we have we have five ways that we well, we have lots of different lists, but you know, there are five um, there are five. Uh, well, aggregates that we can study, you know, and um, and the, and Shakyamuni Buddha said, you know, these five make up what we what we use this word self, but these five are what Shakyamuni Buddha taught as uh, the the uh, the nuts and bolts of the self, if you will, or that what 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 really the self is composed of. Uh, these five heaps or aggregates. And the first one is materiality or form. And so we, we study that, that aggregate with our, with our sitting posture. That's how we, that's how we undertake uh, the study of form. And uh, we, you know, it's not limited to our body because we also, uh, we, we also study uh, through that aggregate, we study our uh, relatedness with all other forms, with all other form. And just as I'm sitting here, I can study my relatedness with my 
my bench that I'm sitting on and you can study your relationship with your chair or your cushion, uh, you have that sense that your posture is supported uh, by other materiality. And so it's this concept you know, of, of relatedness in, in our practice is so important because we don't, we don't do this practice in isolation. You know, we, we're not sitting on a cloud, you know, floating through the air. We're grounded here in, you know, on the earth, and we we stay in touch with our material form. And uh, this this is you know one fifth of the um, ways in which we can uh, study the self. And then there are four others, and uh, the other four are considered the the, the mental or the, the yeah the, the mental aggregates, the, the aggregates that apply to to consciousness or awareness. Uh, and they are also uh, ways that we can study the self. So they are uh, one, uh, no, actually two in the list, uh, feeling, which is uh, not quite feeling in the way that we use it uh, in contemporary uh, talk, but um, only only in the sense of, of sensation, and it is the it's a kind of perception, I think, because it's it's the way that we 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 categorize our experience as either pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. So, you know, in in zazen, uh, this 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 is a this can uh, this can. Um, Arise for us in zazen, we can we can be sitting here and we can say, ah, this is a really pleasant. This is this is quite a pleasant period of zazen. I'm really happy with this period of zazen. It's quite a pleasant period of zazen. And then we can have another view of the period of zazen, which is, this is this is not a pleasant period of zazen. This is an unpleasant period of zazen. I don't like you know, sitting here still right now. I'm too hot, I'm too cold, I'm too restless, um, or I'm too sleepy, you know. But anyway, unpleasant, this, there's unpleasant. And then the other possibility is we're, we're more kumsi, kumsa, you know. <laughs> you know, zazen, zazen's okay, I'm fine, not unpleasant. So this is another way to study the self to notice how we arise mm, sort of with this feeling tone towards our experience. How are, we, how are we noticing our experience right now as pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral? Being aware of that. And then there's perception, which is uh, related, you know, to, you know, closely related to the, to the five senses. Eye and sight, ear and sounds, nose and smells, tongue and tastes, um, and you know, Buddha, uh, 
Suzuki Roshi calls, you know, this, he calls perception, you know, Buddhist common sense. Uh, just as, this is just the way we understand that we have an eye and there are things that we see and that we have ears and there are sounds that we can hear and we have a nose and there's smells and so forth. So this is just Buddhist common sense, but it's, 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 it's a place we can still study if we may take it for granted. We, we might take those uh, aggregates of experience for granted, but we can also, uh, we can also study them. Um, we can study sound. We can study uh, sights. And, and then we can also, and we can bring in uh, unpleasant, pleasant or neutral. So, you know, these, these, these skandhas, you know, intermingle and overlap. Uh, but perception is, 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 a, is a huge field of studying the self. And then a very important one, I've always uh, been uh, taken, I guess, by uh, formations. Or uh, I, heard, I heard a new translation. The other one is, one, one, one translation of that also is, or uh, yeah, into English is uh, impulses. But another one I heard recently that I'd never heard before uh, was predilections, predilections. So this is uh, sort of the way that mind is um, habitually operating and the, and, and the ways that your particular mind habitually operates. Uh, so, you know, when there are certain causes and conditions, uh, I think we, we, as we study the self, uh, we, we recognize that when certain causes and conditions come, I act this way, or I speak this way, or I feel this way, and you know, I, I keep, I keep having the same response over and over and over again, and this, this is, uh, this is the skanda of, you know, impulses or um, predilections, uh, the way we are, uh, we're kind, we, we're kind of locked in, we're kind of locked into a certain way of. Uh, Perceiving uh, our reality, and it's and, and often this is very personal. This is very personal, and then we and we notice that the way we react to certain things is not the way other people react to certain things, and so this this gets this can be confusing uh, because we're we're not um, you know we 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 take we take um, these things as real or. Um, uh, kind of fixed the way uh, a fixed aspect of the way we are um, but if we study and this is part of you know studying the self if we study impulses uh, if we make a close study uh, an intimate study of impulses uh, we then have the po- possibility of uh, developing uh, new or different responses to habitual causes and conditions or con- conditional ways that we respond. And of course, that's why I, th- I think that uh, formations is such a pivotal uh, skanda and, ha- and has been for me because uh, I think everybody who 
comes to practice, um, wants to make a few adjustments. I wanted to make a few adjustments. I don't know about you, but I felt like I need to make some adjustments. Um, and uh, and this, so this skanda of, uh, of formations, of uh, habitual uh, responses, seemed like one place that I could mm, study and uh, possibly um, make some adjustments there. So I've been doing that, and I plan to keep doing that. And uh, I'm encouraged when I see uh, that uh, in a certain situation, I see I see that oh, you know what I didn't I didn't uh, get impatient in that situation, and I, I used to get or in another time I have gotten impatient in that situation, but this time I. Even though I have an impatient, you know, habit, I, I was studying. I was studying uh, impatience, and uh, because of I was making a close study of uh, this habit, this this way of being. I I was actually, I actually found that I wasn't, uh, I wasn't impatient, and so I was encouraged by that and and maybe want to continue to study the self. And so finally the four the fifth um, skanda is is just consciousness. Just the general, you know, background awareness that lets us know you're alive. You're alive. It's kind of underpinning everything. And uh, it looms, um, consciousness looms large in our uh, samadhi, you know, in our samadhi practice. Well, the, just the, the, the basic background awareness is actually a very important object, if you will, of our meditation practice, to just sit in awareness, period, without uh, all of the extraneous, all of the extra that we pile on to consciousness. Uh, just sit uh, and um, enjoy, uh, the f enjoy being alive, enjoy being alive, uh, you know, Zuki Roshi is said to have said somewhere along the along the way, uh, just to be alive is enough. So, just to be aware that we are alive, conscious beings is enough. And and you know, at that moment, at that time, when you feel that just to be alive is enough, uh, that's peace. That's ease, and that's actually joy too. Just to be, just to just to let consciousness be enough. So Dogen, <clears throat> so so that's a little bit about you know studying the self, and then. Um, uh, 
Uh, Dogen goes on to say, um, he says, to study the self is to forget the self. And uh, I want to say that this forgetting is is not like uh, forgetting where you put your car keys or where you left your cell phone. In fact, uh, and this is not the forgetting we're recommending. <laughs> okay? We don't recommend that. We actually recommend being mindful of where you put your cell phone and where you put your keys. So, so this is a different kind of forgetting. Uh, it's not that, that forgetting. This forgetting is more like, uh, this is more like forgetting how to ride a bike. So I'll explain. Um, when you learn to ride a bike, uh, you had to uh, like think about a lot of things. You know, you had to think about how to steer. You had to pedal at the same time. You had to balance at the same time, and you actually had to learn how to lean uh, to, in order to make a turn. And uh, it was all stuff that you had to, you know, give a lot of attention to and you know it was like oh too many things to think about and but then within a very short time uh, you uh, learn to coordinate all these things and at that time you you forgot how to ride a bike you forgot what it took to ride a bike and you could just ride a bike and I think that kind of forgetting is uh, the forgetting that uh, Dogen is talking about here. So, yeah, so this kind of forgetting that Dogen is talking about here is is based on and and, um, its foundation is in uh, studying the self, and uh, but this is where <clears throat> studying the self becomes so ingrained and so and so habitual, uh, so just automatically what you're doing all the time that you uh, you forget that you're doing that because it's not something special. It's no longer something. Um, you know, some special practice. It's just, it's just become, it's just become you. Like you've become a bike rider. You, 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 your, your, your study of the self is becomes uh, uh, so thorough, and you become so dedicated to it, and so mm, appreciative of it. Um, but it's even so with all that those things, the the activity of studying the self kind of fades into the background, and uh, you uh, can uh, forget. Uh, you, it's this forgetting is based on, um, and again, like Shohaku Okamura says, you know, familiarity, great familiarity great being accustomed to. You become very accustomed to studying the self. You become very familiar with studying the self. And 
and then studying the self is, you know, just just this uh, natural activity that's always going on. That said, you know, it, it takes. Uh, uh, I don't want to claim that I'm a person who's able to do that. I don't ride that bike, uh, you know, per- perfectly. Uh, far from it. Um, but uh, when I do decide to uh, get on that bike, um, again, I feel most authentic, most genuine, most uh, true to myself and to other people, you know. And I feel like, yeah, I think being this way, I can broadly benefit the world and and when I'm like that, I want to be like that more. So, you know, that's why we set up, you know, practice places to, enc- to encourage us to want to be like that more, to want to engage in this self-study, uh, to want to make it most accessible and... Um, yeah, easy to, easy for us to access, you know. We, we want to access it. We want to enjoy being a person who engages in studying the self. Really engages and enjoys that 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 process. So uh, recently, uh, I had the opportunity. I mentioned Shohaku Okamura, and recently I, I had the opportunity uh, to uh, spend some time with Shohaku Okamura in a in a, uh, uh, a five day uh, retreat, and where he was teaching uh, a, a text, another another text called Buddha Nature, and I want to read you uh, a little bit from that text. Uh, is it? It kind of lines up with what I've been talking about. Uh, first, Dogen, in this particular part of uh, the, his, his uh, text called Buddha Nature, he quotes from another text called the Parinirvana Sutra. And it says, If you want to know the meaning of Buddha Nature, you should contemplate the causes and conditions of the time. If the time arrives, Buddha Nature will be manifested. Dogen then comments on this quotation, and he says, The expression, wanting to know the meaning of Buddha nature, not only means knowing it, it also means wanting to practice it, wanting to verify it, wanting to expound it, and wanting to forget it. The activities of expounding, Practicing, verifying, forgetting, erring, and not erring are also causes and conditions of the time. Contemplating the causes and conditions of the time is done by contemplating the causes and conditions of the time. 
Some of us have been studying Dogen recently, so we're, we're getting a little more familiar with these statements that sound quite circular. But uh, you know, we're, we're we're studying so much that we are, we we're willing to give benefit, uh, Dogen the benefit of the doubt and think. I don't think he's making a circular statement. I think he's uh, saying that uh, you, uh, you you study uh, the self with the self. Uh, you study the feeling with feeling. Uh, you study uh, what is sensed with what is sensed. You study thinking with thinking. Contemplating the causes and conditions of the time is done by contemplating the causes and conditions of the time. So uh, when I read that, I thought, oh, I have to talk about, you know, I have to talk about the Ginjo Koan and about studying the self and forgetting the self. Well, because here's another, here was another example of it in another text by Dogen. Uh, so the last sentence of the three in, that I'm talking about tonight, and then I will close, um, is uh, to forget the self is to be verified by all things. Uh, now I would propose that uh, when we get to that statement, uh, we have... Uh, left the realm of something that we uh, can do, uh, that, 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 we, that we do in practice. I think in practice we do study the self. And I think in a sort of, there's sort of, like sort of in, this, in this three statements, there's sort of, sort of less doing as we go into the three statements, right? You can study the self, sounds like there's some doing going on. And then forgetting the self, that doesn't sound like we can actually do that, but maybe we can do a little bit there. But then when we when you say uh, to forget the self is to be verified with all things, well, that's up to all things, isn't it? That's not up to us to be, ver you know, to to uh, be. Uh, we're not verifying ourselves. You know, we're 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 being verified by. All dharmas, all dharmas are are coming to toward us and 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 saying, you know, yes. They're saying actually yes. This is this is the way. They're, you know, kind of all things are 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 doing that activity, but we're not doing we're not really doing that activity. We've just put ourselves in the place where that activity can happen. Right? We've just we've just gone. We've just we just practice in a way where that activity can happen. So here you've done your work. Your study has become so thorough that it's second nature, or we could say it's Buddha nature. Your study has become so thorough that it's second nature or Buddha nature. Your Buddha nature could be to study the way. That is the nature of what Buddhas do. They study the way and they study the self. 
and and they do that so much that they they forget they're doing that and all the rewards of practice come from this thorough self-study from wanting to practice it wanting to verify it wanting to expound it and wanting to forget it as Dogen says all the rewards of practice come from this Thank you. Uh, if you have some questions or comments, uh, please bring them forth. Yeah, Clem. Yeah. Um, when you talk about erring and not erring, hmm. how do you spell that? Uh, e R R I N G. Making a mistake and not making a mistake. Yes. What does it mean to be verified? Ah, what does it mean to be verified? So, so um, uh, another another synonym, synonym is uh, for that is actualized. That probably doesn't help very much either. Uh, <laughs> um, Oh, John has a has an explanation, please. That reminds me, and I don't know exactly where it is, but uh, it's there's. I think it's in the Kinjo Khan. When you bring yourself forward to encounter things, that's delusion. But when you, and I, I don't remember what the yeah. other part is, but when you let things come forth and meet you to confirm the self. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and to me, that resonates with, with to be actualized by myriad things or to be verified yeah. by myriad things because you've forgotten the self and you're meeting things. Not It's not you meeting things, but you're in, like you said, in that space where you're letting things come forth. There, there's a, there's a, that's a wonderful question that you asked, and um, that's the kind of question uh, that you can uh, stay with for, you know, years. Um, and you know, I, I think you're, you're new to us, and I don't know how much, you know, background you've had, but um, that's a wonderful question, and I would encourage you not to, you know, that that's the kind of question that 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 a teacher could give you, you know. And you would just you would just take that question in. What does it mean to be verified? And you would just hold it. You would just hold that question, and you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily, you know, I must get the answer. It wouldn't you wouldn't approach it that way. But you would just you would just hold it in your in you know in the background of your life, or in your meditation, and uh, see what happens. And wait, you know, wait. Without hope for an answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I think Susan has the microphone. I've always thought of that as a 
pointing towards non-duality, pointing towards non-separation. I haven't heard the, the verified, I've heard the actualized, but that's what I, that's where I always go with it. Didn't, you're just not separate. Is there something to that? Yeah, there's something to that. <laughs> there's something to that. Uh, but it's not, you know, a con. I mean, uh, you know, it's not uh, really uh, some concept that then you can, you know, put on your shoulder and carry around. Uh, so it's something that that um, I, again, I would recommend just just holding it in your practice, just holding, uh, and and then um, someday, you know, you'll be somewhere doing something. And um, it'll hit you like a ton of bricks, and um, and it'll but it'll be like a gentle ton of bricks. <laughs> it will be a beneficent ton of bricks, and uh, and you will you will you will you'll feel happy that you know you didn't um, read t- ten books to find out what you know to be verified means. To add to everything people said about the verification and actualization, the context of it, you know, in terms of Dogen's history, is um, he was a Tendai monk in Japan. It was the main kind of institutional Buddhism at the time. And their main philosophical basis was enlightenment, awakening is inherent in all beings. You know, it was just kind of the core teaching of the school. And Dogen, you know, who saying all this stuff we're talking about, um, he said, okay, that's great, but if we're already awakened, we're already enlightened, why, why are we practicing? This doesn't make any sense. And so that kind of became his personal koan, his, you know, his, his great question. And you know he practiced and went to China and every and eventually kind of came to the conclusion that um, practice is enlightenment. Practice is verification. Like you, you're not trying to get your Buddha nature. You know you are your Buddha nature. So any moment of practice is a moment of awakening as well. And so that's where the verification and actualization phraseology comes from. It was that kind of central question of Dogen. Um, uh, so uh, I really love your Dharma talk, Jim. It's uh, so simple and down to earth and uh, profound. I wish I had heard it 30 years ago. <laughs> I couldn't have given it then. Um, and I really like your analogy with for, uh, riding a bike, learning how to ride a bike, and forgetting how to ride a bike. And uh, maybe the problem is that I haven't continued ri- learning, studying how to ride a bike. 
But, um, but I've noticed that I haven't had any problem with forgetting how to ride a bike either. That is to say, uh, I haven't forgotten how to forget how to ride a bike. I, I ride a bike without, uh, pretty reliably. But I, I don't know about studying the self because I can really um, have an appreciation of being verified by studying the self or the studying opens to me. But there can be other times, for instance, like recently, where um, it becomes very difficult to study the self as, to study the self as what's happening, um, to be open to whatever is happening. Um, it becomes just, um, I guess I would say there's uh, a lot of karmic consciousness can arise, which uh, distracts from, um, yeah, from that kind of openness to whatever is happening. And there is a tendency to pick and choose, like this reality is not called for or desired or actually, you know, worth studying, I might, that might be putting it not quite right, but it's not open for study. Um, so I like the analogy, I really do, but um, so I'm going to have to think about the different, about, I guess I th have to think about bike riding more. <laughs> Thank you. Well, one thing, I, I just to respond to that, I, I would say that uh, I haven't met anybody yet that doesn't have their limits to, um, and you know, to studying the self. In other words, uh, that that uh, there's some point, there's some breaking point for everybody, at which uh, they they. Um, I haven't really met anybody yet that didn't have one, uh, and I don't think that as sentient beings that we're, this is what we're expected to. Um, um, I mean, maybe this is something Buddhas achieve. I don't know, but uh, this is. Oh, we shouldn't, you know, be too hard on ourselves if we, you know, find that oh, there's a limit to this self-study and 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 uh, accepting everything as it is. And I've reached it. And you know, I have to go away or. <laughs> I have to get out of this situation because I really can't handle it, you know. So everybody has, I mean, and I include in that in any teacher that I've ever met, uh, anybody. So we have to be, uh, you know, uh, kind to ourselves in terms of our capacity and uh, create safe uh, and but consistent uh Opportunities for ourselves to study the self. Um, that's what I would say. Just create, keep creating those opportunities, and and we're doing our best. And and in this world, somebody who's doing their best. Thank you so much. Oh, let's see. Does Zoom have any questions? 
Hello, Barbara Bechet in Denver. Nice to see you. Everybody wave at Barbara. Maybe she'll speak with us. Well, uh, uh, oh, he's in What I was going to say is Kenny mentioned snow peas before. And uh, I want to tell you that two days ago it snowed here. <laughs> that was my welcome. <laughs> so that's what arose. And it was wonderful to um, to experience that. And I miss sitting with you in person. It's nice to be able to do it by Zoom. Thank you. Thank you for your talk, Jim. Dave, you have your hand up. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this makes any sense. <laughs> I think maybe um, since last week and uh, Lee's talk on uh, the Song of the Jewel Mirror Samadhi. Um, I've been kind of focusing on a couple lines towards the beginning. The meaning is not in the words, yet it responds to the inquiring impulse. And it seems to me that impulse is the key there. And that is um, yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Never mind. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to kind of tie this in. Uh, I kind of feel like a tie-in with with the forgetting the self and and the impulse. Well, another translation of that uh, which responds to the inquiring impulse is, is, it, is it it responds to the arrival of energy. That's another translation of that line. And um, so, you know, if you can see that, uh, the meaning is not in the words, but it responds to the, inquir- uh, the arrival of energy. And the energy is the energy of our practice. Yeah. The, the, it's not the impulse of the of the skandhas. <laughs> so so. Yeah yeah yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, Cody. Yeah. Hey, why don't you watch it over here, Missy? <laughs> Thank you for your talk, Jim. I really appreciated it. And um I really like the the translation of the or the, the word you use for the fourth skanda um of predilection. I feel like that cleared up so much confusion for me. Mm. All the different words, mental formations, formations, volitional formations, they were just kind of 
over my head for me. I knew they had something to do with impulse, but predilection or like a, a habitual tendency, I, I can meet that in experience. That's, that is a lot more readily available. And then I was just thinking about the, the interplay, you know, between Vedana feeling. And when you meet that point, that point of, um, oh, I'm going down that road again. Mm-hmm. Here comes that anger. Or here comes that, that feeling that I need to say that thing to them. <laughs> right. Right. And that, that space of the, the unpleasantness of it. Um, but it, you also know that it's a turning point right then and there. That's where your practice really comes into play. And I, the word predilection, I really like that. I'm going to be working with that. So thank you for, for bringing that up. And I really appreciated you bringing up the, um, just the, the, the felt sense of embodiment in the practice. I think that's just so important. And, um, I always go back to the study of the Satipatthana Sutta. That's just, I, I, I often think of Zen as just it's, just, it's that Sutta and only that in terms of it being like, we practice that all at once when we sit down. And it's just when you're sitting, know that you're sitting. And we call that just sitting. <laughs> Shikantaza. Um, And I liked how you you brought in um, just to sit, just to feel that you're alive is enough. That flies in the face of everything, every message we're ever given, you know, in terms of modern life. It's, you're never enough. And just to sit and be alive is enough. That's just profound. So thank you for the reminder. Thank you to my teachers who have you know, offered me all of these uh, understandings. Thank you. Uh, Thanks, Cody. Um, I also uh, appreciate the discussion of the fourth uh, uh, skanda. and um, so I'm studying uh, karma now with uh, with Reb. And uh, uh, do you? Um, it seems to me that 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 the um, mental formation is the area in which uh, karma is expressed and I guess created too, recreated. That's my understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, karma right. formations. Right. Yeah, that's a longer candle for. I kind of brought that up because you, uh, I, we, when Mio talked about the skandhas last time, you uh, you had uh, you know some some uh, uh, question about uh, you know impulses or and and when I got the predilections from. Shohaku at this recent thing, and I thought I wanted to bring that up because I also thought, oh, predilections. That's, I mean, it didn't differ from my understanding, but I never heard that 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 uh, that word used. Uh, but 
if, if it's good enough for Shohaku, it's good enough for me. And it is, it is very descriptive of, you know, habit, energy. I do want to put in a plug uh, for the Satipatthana Sutra as something that, again, all, I think, Zen students should read. And, and um, a wonderful translation is a book called uh, Healing and Transformation by Thich Nhat Hanh. And um, it's, you know, a little, as he is, a little original in terms of his translating. You know, well, he takes some maybe, maybe liberties. But he, I think he takes really wonderful liberties, and um, it's uh, it's uh, that uh, text also uh, is essential te text to me uh, in terms of especially the tradition, you know, the, the older teachings. Um, in that book, particularly, which is basically just a translation of it, and Thich Nhat Hanh's understanding is is, is a good good resource. I think probably we should end.